Luck is on your side if you're here today to be inspired because we are celebrating the story and achievements of a talented and inspiring artist. Welcome, Amy Wilderson. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> With a passion for creating beautiful and unique pieces of jewelry, Amy has made a name for herself in the industry with her artistic designs and expert craftsmanship. And today, Amy shares her inspiring journey of how she discovered her love for jewelry making, her creative process, and the challenges she's faced along the way. And perhaps she'll give us a few tips for anybody looking to pursue a career in the jewelry industry. Amy, how are you today over there in Minneapolis? Ah. I'm fine. It's a beautiful day. The snow has melted finally. Yay. Oh, um, we've had lots of rain over here in Ontario uh -huh. and I'm in Burlington. So okay. it's been rainy almost all day, but the sun has just peaked out a little bit uh, and it's like five o'clock. So at the end of the day, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never for sure. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> So, Amy, as you know, May is Mental Health Month. And let's start with a, a question regarding jewelry workshops for healing and improving mental health. I wondered if you can tell us about any projects either that you've worked on or um, been a part of that actually is for healing and, and jewelry making together combined. You know, you asked me that, and um, and I thought, wow, this is a great question, and of course, um, perfect timing. Um, just yesterday, I, I'm teaching a class at the Minnesota African American Heritage Museum and Gallery, um, okay. and we it's a it's a residency, so it's about it's been about ten weeks that it's going to go through, and in the course of that, we talk about every anything, everything, because this is revived treasures, revived memories. So things do come up quite often, and the first thing is we have established a safe space for all those discussions, all of those discoveries um, when they come to the surface. And jewelry making is, I'm finding a wonderful vehicle for, um, do I need to volume up? It's a wonderful vehicle to um, allow healing to happen, which happens in the course of reviving some memory. And we say sometimes, even if you have a piece of jewelry that you're trying to, we're trying to work on to make it into something new, not all of the, elements around it, surrounding it, are great ones, but the piece is something that we can take and use. And so we do sit and, and, and um, sit with our pieces, sit with jewelry making, and sometimes people are just talking and, and working on a piece, and and things just pop up, and we as a group um, discuss them. And it's been, uh, it's, a, it's quite a wonderful community that's developing. Even outside of my class, they um, have formed, you know, friendships and bonds, and are there with each other as as healing is taking place. So I'm really I'm just appreciative that you brought that up and that you had that going on there. Yeah. It sounds like a beautiful creative process. As you say, things will pop up and it gives you an opportunity to discuss them, which is wonderful because that's what you want to do is communicate and open up that dialogue to uh, let's say, recreate, wrap some new language around a piece that is being revived. That is, as you say, it's a treasure. And perhaps in, in the past, 
It didn't, um, it's not linked to positive memories, but there is always that opportunity to create something new. So that's fantastic that you're, you're doing it. Now, is that just for this month or is this something that you do that's ongoing? It's ongoing. I'm a teaching artist um, with uh, primarily with Compass. Uh, it's an organization here that connects um, teaching artists from all different mediums to I, I work primarily with artful aging, which is people okay. 55 and older. And so sometimes I go into assisted living homes. Sometimes um, it just depends on, on on where that wants to happen. I also work with younger students, but um, art, artful aging is my is my main place. And so, yeah, I do. I teach a number of different classes, all based in wire work, cold connection, because that's I, I can't use torches for other people. I do that in my own work, but not around other people. <laughs> Insurance won't let that happen. <laughs> and and one of the other things I wanted to um, add to um, to this being a mental health month was gemstone energy. Now that's where I got my start working with gemstone energy on my personal um, pieces, and then just kind of uh, trans transformed into some of the others. So the 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 um ascribed or uh, um, assigned metaphysical properties of gemstones. Um, and I say that a gemstone isn't going to do the work for you, but this is to remind you how to tap into that yourself. So some of the pieces, as we're working on them and adding more stones or we're taking where the pieces that are there, we talk about that too. Oh, you know, amethyst is not to make you um, psychic or intuitive, but to remind you to tap into that, remind you to use those, those properties or those lore, that lore, as part of your daily life. So it works all the way around. Okay. So you can't just pick up a gemstone and become it, right? Absolutely <laughs> not. Fight me on that. No, I, I, I say, because it's not prescriptive and I, I feel the same with, um, right. Some, so they're associated with medical healing, but I say, this is to remind you to do the work. So get back into that. And it's probably already within you. But you haven't, you know, looking externally. So it needs it needs to come out, or or to come out again, right? Exactly. As it's all about it's remembering. At that point, it's about remembering, and that's where we're recreating, right? With those those memories. So okay, you said it started with the gemstone energy. So my my question was going to be, what inspired you to become a jewelry artist? If that's where it, it started for you, where did that inspiration come from? Well, um, I was looking for a, a creative outlet. When I was younger, I was you know, ballet and modern dance, and then um, pottery, ceramic. But oh, time... you're, you're an artist through and through, <laughs> Amy. I didn't know that. <laughs> Well, I, I'm just now, as I say those things, it, it, and people have known me, they're like, well, yeah, duh. But for me, it was it was not not encouraged as a profession ever. Okay, yes. So so I always put it to the back and the side and, and really, you know, struggled with that. I want to do these things, but it's not practical. And as I got older, it just, was, it just wasn't going to stay in the back anymore. So um, for, I have five children, and for baby number three, I, I you know, have a little gift or something to, to acknowledge that. And I took a, a jewelry making class and this was wire work. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I needed to do something creative that I could manage three, very small, four-year-old, three-year-old and a newborn, something that I can do. So pottery was just absolutely out because I can't, you know, nurse a child and run over to the studio and get it back in time. And when I, when I 
handled the tools and handled and handled that silver pick them both up at the same time. Like, oh, this is it. It was just like I have being able to manipulate and and manage wire. And sometimes it says, no, I'm not going to do what you want to do. And having that peace and calm and disconnecting with wire and gemstones, metals and gemstones and tools just really spoke to me. So right around the same time, I was opening, opening a, um, a book and gift store, metaphysical book and gift store. And so in the store, when all the children were, you know, resting, <laughs> I would I would practice my wire working and, and people would come in and say, oh, will you make this for me? So it then morphed into kind of a sideline for the business. And as we moved and our family grew to five children, I just stepped up with that. And um, we eventually moved to South Carolina and I opened the store there. And uh, I was able to wholesale. So at this time, I'm still I'm still making jewelry in the in the um, as part of the business and not as an artist. And then in 2012, I uh, I had uh, submitted some of my work into uh, a competition. And it was, uh, you know, uh, supported by a, a supply company who had a very specific idea of what they wanted. And I just didn't think it all the way through. And they're like, oh, oh your stuff is not, yeah, no, it's not going to sell. No, it's gonna, you don't have a collective, a cohesive collection. You know, it was, it was, it was a super harsh criticism. But as I'm reading this rejection letter, I'm talking back to it saying, oh, you would have no idea. I'm never going to stop. Point number one. I do these things and I do that thing. Point number two. So I'm I'm already expressing myself as an artist, and now I have to I have to get the opportunity to establish myself. And it wasn't isn't there's still some you know it's like jewelry is fashion or craft or designer stuff and and not as widely um, viewed or accepted as art. So right. there my work is, but you know I'm making I'm making strides. <laughs> I'm pushing it. <laughs> Very interesting, <laughs> interesting information and learning about you. So basically you're saying we need to have about three babies before we women can tap into our purpose, right? <laughs> I hope not. Certainly hope not. <laughs> but and, and, for um, you, well, that, that's, that's how it worked for you, right? So you found your purpose literally because baby number three puts you into a completely uh, different um, environment or place that you needed to be to to tap into um, that creative process again and you found it and I mean you're just so full of energy because as I'm listening to your story you're talking about oh baby number three and then we're on to five kids and then oh there's here's this gift store oh and and then we've we've moved to South Carolina so you've had a really full, uh, well-rounded, I think, um, background to having a really nice foundation to walk on, to do the things that you're doing now, that harsh criticism, boy, things do come to us at the right time, because just listening to you again, that was your motivator for your, your creativity to inspire you to continue, not stop. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> stick your head in the sand. You went, uh-uh, no, I'm coming for you, right? And, and you, you have, you haven't stopped 
you talked about what was that 2012 and it's funny because our story goes back to I don't know is it 2014 when I I met you somehow through Dr. Venus Opal Reese and we were taking right? the same uh, <laughs> workshop or something at the time and, and we've stayed connected ever since and she's a, a powerhouse of energy all within herself to mm -hmm. motivate women to get out there and to do the things um that they're good at uh, and absolutely so it, it just, your story is really it's a it's a beautiful story it's very inspiring um and so if i understand correctly that you work with two collections and that's between the revived treasures and then right. gemstone energy pieces now and i think that's something i had seen a picture i don't know if it's on a website or on facebook um, and if you're interested to follow Amy Wilderson, follow her, tap her up on, on Facebook. It's those wire bracelets. I think the ladies were making, right. And it was the oh, yes. dotted all around. Is that one of those workshops? That absolutely is. Yes. They, um, I used, we used, um, very large wooden beads for that one, but in our next session, we're going to, we're switching to gemstones and we are going to have that discussion about gemstone energy. So I have a, a okay. nice we're going to be surprised by them, but I have a nice packet of, of a collection for them and to talk about them and read my books and everything. So I'm really excited to share oh, that with them. I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to feel a little left out. Hang on a sec. Can I join in online? There's something to uh, think about. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I have um, a talk virtually with Prime Life Arts Learning, and I hope to circle back and be able to do that as well. And we have, um, I have had students in Canada before in different parts. Okay. So yes, I will let you and everyone know when that is That'd available be great. again. Yeah, Very yeah. interesting. I yeah. wondered if you can tell us how you incorporate memory and culture and heritage into the jewelry pieces that you're making. Okay, I will. I, it, it again started on a personal level. Um, my family, both sides of my family, are originally from Louisiana. And okay. um, we would frequently go down to, um, uh, to New Orleans uh, for Mardi Gras. That's bigger than, you know, Christmas Mardi Gras. But that was the thing, go down for Mardi Gras. And as a child, uh, my elders would uh, would be all around, uh, you know, the floats, the, the phrase would come by my, my grandmother's house. And, you know, people would throw it. We do have a little interference. Colorful, a little interference with the recording here, Amy, just so you know. Oh, okay. so I'm hoping right, just because there's a it's, little distance between us. Uh, it'll right. through, through okay, but just go back to telling us about um, being originally from Louisiana and, and the background of the family, New Orleans, and how it all came together there. Yes, so we would go. We would go down. I'm gonna keep my hand still because I'm a hand talker. Okay. <laughs> we go to um, down to New Orleans for for Mardi Gras, and that you know any, runs anywhere from January to April, just depends. But that's a big celebration in, in any family in Louisiana, pretty much. And as as a child, I'm 61 years old. So when I was a small child, my elders would collect, you know, pitch the beads for me as they um, were thrown from the floats that passed by my grandmother's house or in the neighborhood. And 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 they also are quite expressive in their own jewelry. I mean, they are interesting people. The color choices and the and the styles. And I didn't think about it much as a kid because it was just normal for me. And all of my elders, you know, they've passed on, but a lot of pieces um, came my way through my mother. So one of the things I, um, I started making pieces out of the Mardi Gras beads, which back in my childhood were glass, handcrafted glass 
be. Oh, Not the plastic that's going on now, but handcrafted. And right. something in my head just said, oh, you know, I can make these things, sell a few pieces, and then I'll have more. And then, you know, some of the elders that are still around will send me more things. That's not true. That's a finite source that I have. And and I remember my elders, you know, catching things and either draping them on me or draping on, on, on themselves and, and just the delight in that. So I started there with the history of my family, the legacy of my family, both sides. And what that meant to have these um, have this experience, and I'm hoping to um, to go back down and, and do some more research about who, because it was primarily um, people of color that created and and connected these pieces. They were also wire work. They were on brass links rather than strung on on, oh. on string or, or plastic. So oh, on brass. brass. Is it on brass. On brass, yeah, brass wire. Brass. All these pieces were. I have some pieces that are. I have it on, on, on my site. Um, I have a bowl of broken pieces and okay. they're all connected by brass. I don't, I have the one, the one intact strand I had was, was strung on, on cord because I wasn't thinking at the time how important they were, how finite their, their, their um, creations were. So I'm coming back from that. Uh, and, and that was one part of the story. The other part was another elder relative and I did not have the greatest relationship and she was trying to, relay some family history to me but i wasn't i'm too young i wasn't really trying to um i wasn't giving her the attention that she required i just kind of stopped and you know very frustrated with me and i and i thought later how did the other people that how do people get through to me and it was not just by having the talk but having a piece to present oh and my my even my mother would do it oh i got this piece so and so and i did this with it and i was here and that and there's always a story behind that that was woven into who they were. And I thought, this is something that I can bring to other people, that our legacies aren't just the stories because they change over time. We forget elements of it. They get embellished. They get diminished. But we have a, a tangible piece that says, this person was here. They did something. They were they were here. And um, yeah, I'm actually, this piece that I have on here is a combination. The coral pieces on this are from a necklace that my mother um, purchased in Hawaii, very soon after it became a state. Oh. And she didn't particularly like the coral, and I didn't particularly like it either. And she was, it was so interesting because she said, you know, eventually they're going to take all the coral out of the waters and what, yeah. how long is it going to take? And I never knew her to be, um, you know, ecologically aware of that that way. But she said that kind of in passing. And then as I'm making this piece, I remembered that she said that. So all these things come back that were just kind of glossed over. And I made this piece with them. Um, it's also a cute motherboard with my children that someone in my family is pride. So you know, there's a lot of different, a lot of different story to this piece right. that isn't a really interesting or funky, strange, you know, kind of necklace. So, so behind every piece, there's a, a fabulous story like the one you just shared. And I I did hear you say a little earlier on, you're 61 and holding, there's like, I think you get more beautiful with age, Amy. That's, that's for sure. Uh, but what, what really um, piqued my, my interest here is how you talk so much about, you, you have this love of talking about your elders. And I think that's so beautiful because many I think we need to get back to that as women yes. especially we need to get back to telling our stories so that they do carry on in the most 
magnificent ways as you're talking about the story now I'm hearing between your mother and yourself, this story in passing that now has a legacy that has been created through this beautiful piece that you're wearing today. Thank you. Thank you. I've also incorporated my children. Well, they're all grown now. They're not little people. But um, this all is five of them, right? All five of them. Yes, maybe. They, are. <laughs> they're, they are grown. They are, they are like they, some. Sometimes I feel for me, mommy, and I'm like, if you really want to go there, you know. <laughs> Hang on a second. We've got a little interference again, and I don't know if it's because you're holding that up, um, because people are going to ask. So this is probably yeah. okay. Oh, right. It's on the side. I'll, it's there. So it's a it's a bottle pendant from my first um my first uh, child birth, and then um I would I always make it into I would used to make it into a necklace with a bunch of different um gemstone seeds, and my children know to not that's when they were little you know stay off of mommy's tools. Those are there's an energy <laughs> and like back off. You can you can play with these tools over here. You can do things, but don't touch my tools. And one of them came over to my desk and picked up a tool. I was like, oh. and all the other kids were like. Oh, she's being old. And they all kind of kind of creeped over. And then they got, went into um, my, my dish stash, my, my bead stash. But they started picking out all these gemstone beads. And I had to step back and, and experience them having a conversation about what gemstones, because they, because, oh, the other part is I homeschooled my children at the store. So I would take them to, to um, trade shows with me to purchase things. And they always like, oh, mom, buy that. It's going to go really well. So they were very familiar with gemstone energy, very familiar with stones and stuff. So they were having this conversation about how I can, should construct this necklace. I thought, okay, there's something there. So I've kept basically the, the, um, the uh, order that they put them in. And they remember, oh, you're wearing that. I remember we, we, we chose that. And I really wanted this piece, but I chose that. And it, it, it has become part of their legacy, too. Beautiful. So I do like to do the intergenerational work um, so that it's not just the telling of the story being passed down, but the incorporation that they, we can work on pieces together. Wow. Wow. What are some of the challenges that you have faced as a jewelry artist, Amy? Well, uh, make it sound so easy. Oh, oh my kids. Oh, they're homeschooled. You just sort of drop that one in there, you know, very gently. I like that was good. Um, oh, I took them to trade shows, you know, while while they were homeschooled. So, like, how did you balance all of this? I, I didn't, and that's my truth. And I say that to people, especially um, younger people. That I, I, I seriously, there was a point when I when I was so empty, and and art heal art nourishes and if I didn't have jewelry making I don't know at some point I I I didn't know the things needed to be done and that was all there was to it so it's like okay and again I put myself and 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 jewelry all mm -hmm. the way through that I would I, I carried around a, a cleaned out um hummus container with, with whatever pieces I was working on and a couple of tools in there and then mm -hmm. whenever it was fire they think I think were were um when I had a moment, I would work on things. So it's just been in the last, maybe five or six or seven years that I've really been on, I, I changed the, the store name, we closed the store, so I changed it to Amy A. Jewelry and started working in 2012. But it wasn't until my, my youngest um, got into college, went off to college, I was like, my time, my turn. And I was so, um exhausted mm -hmm. and didn't know how how depleted I was 
So I would not encourage, I, I say it kind of glibly because it's, it's, it's my story, but I also am thrilled that people talk about self-care. And I didn't, I didn't know to do that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't stop to say I need time, you know. We weren't um, having those conversations. Right. Back, I don't want to say back then because it hasn't right. been that long ago. It's just more recent that it's been highlighted, the importance of self-care, especially since the pandemic, how important. Yes self-care is so you got to a point you, said where you were completely tapped out so what did you do to rejuvenate yourself I was in a position where again I didn't have much choice so it was incremental um I I one of the big things that it was a pivot for me was I was moving from um, kind of an isolated uh community of I lived further out in a rural area and I moved into Minneapolis proper in the, the North Side Art Space lot. So mm -hmm. I live in an artist live work community. So I'm right in my my studio space and my workbenches cross over there. And I and I live over here and I you know get up and, and, and cook or eat or whatever. And I love it because uh over maybe about 70% of the residents here are also artists. And we come together from different um uh, medium and we we collaborate on on pieces. I'm working on a on a a, a show that's happening over the next the next week all you know at the in the evening with a, a spoken word artist with a poet you know <laughs> whoever thought that was going to happen right so when you get to those places where where we are it's okay to be to work through things in an environment where people understand that and it's okay to you know no one says why aren't you at work when I, i'm at work you know i'm i'm here i'm i'm working on you know a project or or this is like my that. work but people don't it's recognize what your work actually is. Well, so this has been great. What do you want, or what is your hope for people to take away from wearing your jewelry? I want to squeeze that in before we go, because I also want people to know not just what you hope their takeaway is going to be. Tell us where we can connect with you and, and where are you doing your next um, workshop? Okay. I'm, I, I'm right now I'm doing most of it through Compass. So those are those are um, designated. I will let you know when I when I do the, the virtual ones, and I said they're a lot of fun because we do have that kind of community happening. Okay. Uh we're having here at the Northside Art Space Life, we're having a couple of uh we just had an exhibition. I was actually the organizer and curator of it. It was called Works in Progress. So about thirty-eight artists brought our work together and had a maybe a month or two long exhibition. And that has rolled off into a lot of other exhibitions for me. Right. I will, I, I, it's been a good year for me. I, I won a number of grants that are going to allow me it to. It has been. Congratulations, things. drum roll you. for you, Amy. I'm so proud of you. You've done fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> a long time coming. People say, oh, you're just like, no, I have been working at this. People say, how long have you been making, or how long have you been making jewelry? 27 years. So in that amount of time, yes, it's, it's been a constant, constant work. And I just, you know, it's been so, it's just been an amazing uh, vehicle for me. It's a and test of your faith now. in yourself as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, that is true. Thank you, you didn't give up, right? <laughs> just kept going. And, and the takeaway for, for people wearing your jewelry, what, what is that? What is your hope? That it is now yours. And how it connects to you, whether it be gemstone energy, if it be derived, um, jewelry is, I would say jewelry is personal and public. Yes. 
So there'll be a story behind that. And and you'll say, oh, how, where did you get that food? Why are you wearing that particular piece? Because mine is intentional in that way, I hope that people um, examine that themselves. And then come take a jewelry class anywhere, you know, find find an art form that, that mm -hmm. connects to you because it's so much more than just the thing that you make. It's so much more about how um, you move in the in the world, and I and I want art for everyone. Wonderful, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be here with oh, me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I hope you'll come back and share more. Most definitely, <laughs> another time. And I mean, it's all we have time for today, uh, but we will connect again very soon, Amy. So thank Absolutely. you, and thank you too. And, and to our listeners to make sure you stay in the loop and never miss an episode by subscribing and following this podcast. Be inspired. Amy, you're such an inspiration. Thank you a million times over again. And to everyone else, until next time, bye for now.